He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? I don't think it's, I mean, let's put it this way. I don't think it's coincidence. Was it three in a row or three or four or something like that, right? That uh, in Cleveland and Lakers and Toronto, maybe it wasn't three, maybe it was three and five, something like that. I, it's not coincidental that Phil Handy has been a part of a bunch of championship teams as an assistant. Yeah. Um, and I think just labeling it, that is his focus, right? His primary focus is player development. But I think, just labeling him as a player development guy is probably doing him a disservice. And maybe that is why what you were saying about him officially having for whatever he is or isn't doing officially having more responsibility would make him seem like a more viable candidate going forward. And it's possibly something that has, that is interesting to him in addition to the relationship that he has with LeBron and and the one with coach ham, as you mentioned, that is making this attractive to him. Plus, just LA is better than everywhere else, which is, which is attractive, but having moved away, I can't confirm, (laughs) (laughs) but he is, he, he uh, not is, that's not fair because I haven't spoken to him in the last little bit, but he was really wanting the job and really wanting an opportunity at least. And he didn't get interviewed. And so, yes, I think he, he was at least frustrated by that, but to be fair, there were other openings uh, for head jobs that didn't happen for him either. So I'm not sure that the Lakers are on an island, you know, as just like not giving him a chance. But yeah, I, there there was up until a couple days ago um, when I found out he would be back. There were times where I wasn't sure. And I understand why he's frustrated because he probably has done other than being seen as an offensive or defensive coordinator or being the associate head coach or the head coach in waiting officially by title. Um, he, he has, he, he really has done what you can do, what one can do as an assistant. And he's been damn good at it, which is another reason why Lakers fans. And from what I'm seeing on Twitter, pretty much clearly are, should be excited that he's back. He's a damn good coach period. And yeah. he has, he is one of the people that he he does have. I, uh, he does have LeBron's attention. I don't know about his relationship with AD. Uh, he has a good relationship with AD, but I know his relationship with LeBron much better than that. And he is one person that can like pull on LeBron's coattails a little bit and say, "Nah, this is how we're doing it." He he has that that respect level with LeBron. So I, I think it is. I'm not going to say it's a coup, but I think it is definitely a win for the Lakers to be able to bring him back. Yeah, a- absolutely. I, I, we talked about this a little bit in the silver screen roll slack too. Um, and there was another note that I made maybe even, bef- you know, higher up on my priority list than, than even handy coming back um, that we'll talk about here in a second. But like with, with handy, um, you know, I, so basically with handy, uh, this happens a lot to minority coaches where they get identified with a certain skill set and they aren't 
kind of slotted into other descriptions or, or they aren't lent the credence in regards to other parts of, of their job that, uh, that white coaches tend to be uh, lended. And, you know, with Teron Liu, for example, for a long time, it was, oh, he's a player's coach. He's a player's coach. He's a player's coach. And for whatever reason, and, and, and um, heavy, uh, heavy air quotes around for whatever reason, he wasn't uh, in the game. He, he, he wasn't given uh, credit for the, ty- the type of tactician that he is. And, 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 and by I the think, way, he's one of the best, like two or three in the world at it. Yeah. And, and I think like, I think ham, I think is seen in some of the same ways where like his, his answer in regards to system and alleviating pressure on LeBron through system. Like if, if Mike D'Antoni or if, you know, insert, you know, Greg Popovich or, or, or insert any respected white coach, if they said that, like that would be. Oh my God! Look at you. Know, let's scream to the heavens about how the the way that this person sees the game compared to everybody else. And it just seemed to kind of like float right by people when Darwin said it. I was just I was blown away because like finally, finally somebody at, <laughs> directly tied to the Lakers understands this very important thing. And and I think with Handy and being seen as a player uh, development guy, and I think this is a big part of him returning. Was he? I, I, from what I kind of have been able to learn over the last, you know, day or so, um, he basically said, "I need to. I need more responsibility so that I can prove to people that I am more than just a player, uh, player development coach." And it sucks that that's the case. And I wish at some point we could move past uh, the way that we view these things societally. Uh, but, but it's good to see that you know, Handy is going to be given an opportunity to prove that he's more um, than he is. Because like, if, you, if you're a player development guy and, 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 and if that's being used as a reason to kind of pigeonhole you into a certain type of coach, people don't understand the ways that players have to develop. And it's been weird to see um, over the course of Phil Handy's career the way that he has been pigeonholed given the various responsibilities of a t- player development coach. And the fact that he hasn't gotten credit for doing other parts of or being um, really good with other parts of the game has been maddening. It, it really, really has. And it was it was really, frankly, a bummer from the outside looking in that the Lakers didn't give him an interview. I, I wouldn't have held it against Phil Handy at all to say, you know what, fuck you guys, I'm out. Screw you. If, you, if I'm not even going to get an opportunity here. We aren't even going to talk about this. I, if he would have taken the Nets job out of spite, I totally would have gotten it. So um, hopefully he was able to leverage that into more responsibility. And, and, and hopefully he's not with the Lakers for much longer so that uh, he can get a head coaching opportunity somewhere else. Uh, yeah, I agree with a lot of that. Um, I will say this, though. I don't think, it, I don't think that Phil is thought of internally as like somebody who can't do it. Um, I firmly believe, and you, I told you this. Uh, I also think like really quickly, really quickly, like I, I, I also think that at the time that Phil might have been interviewed um, or when the Lakers opted not to interview him, the Lakers were looking for a head coach with, head coaching experience. And then they saw that the market of coaches with head coaching experience was very uninspiring and they moved on and they got the, the, the best candidate 
um, and most qualified candidate who didn't have head coaching experience in Darvin Ham. So like some of this is timing also, to be fair to the Lakers, I guess. I agree with that. But also to be fair, yeah, I, I told you this, whatever, uh, October, November, um, just shortly after the season started, that if, if Frank didn't make it through the season, it would have been Phil Handy who had the first shot as, as the interim coach. And mm-hmm. when, when uh, Coach Vogel Frank got, sick. Yeah. got sick, it coincided with, with Phil getting sick also. So he was away from the team. And that is why Fizdale uh, coached those, whatever it was, five games or something. And frankly, that was pretty pretty uninspiring. (laughs) (laughs) It was like one in four or something like that. David Fizdale's uh, services were not retained. So I don't don't think, I think that your, your timing uh, uh, supposition, I think is, is meaningful here. I don't think it is. And maybe we're seeing this with, with, with Phil deciding to, to come back, even though, yes, as, as I've said, I know he is frustrated by it, um, or was, let's say that. But I don't think it is the Lakers not kind of realizing what they have here, because I have it on fairly good authority, let's just say that, that had, had, uh, had Vogel not made it through, you know, there was that time period where there was all the rumors that he was coaching for his job seemingly on a daily or a game-by-game basis. Had he not made it, it would not have been Fisdale. It would have been Phil, and it would have been Phil when, when, uh, when Vogel got COVID. If he also didn't have COVID, so I don't think it is like the Lakers just not seeing what's right in front of them. I guess is my point. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's. Um, I mean, we could let's save let's save the um, the AD LeBron topic for later unless you want to touch on that too before we bring people in here no let's let's let everybody get in here and, and yell at us all right so i'm going to start with fresh um i need to i need to ask fresh um how he feels about his boston celtics being three wins away from an, an nba championship and and um you know will he attend the parade um is there, are there plans here to buy a, a a brad stevens jersey fresh how you doing bud how you guys doing, man? I'm surprised you let me uh, on. Better now. Happy to be talking to you, I'm brother. Su- I'm surprised I got let in. I didn't know. I thought I'd been banned. Well, usually, usually I have I have, a, I have a pretty strict anti-Celtics fans uh, rule here, but but you know I figure I'll let you back in here and explain yourself a little more. I'm I'm not a Celtics fan, man. But you know what? <laughs> this series, well, you no. Know, so look, so you felt you were happy like seeing the Warriors win, like seeing Steph dance and all that stuff in the meme mugs. Like that was enjoyable for you. Yeah, yeah. Is that a was, wait? Is that a question? He was doing that to the Celtics. Oh fresh. my god! <laughs> I just, I just can't stand it. I can't stand seeing him so happy, man. <laughs> you really thought like that was that was the big move you were gonna bring in here? That you <laughs> you were gonna back me into a corner and ask if I was unhappy seeing if the Celtics were not happy? That that made me mad just seeing Steph and Jordan Poole just <laughs> smile and grinning. I was upset. I was heated. Yeah, man. It was. Again, look at the other bench and who they're smiling and grinning at. That's the important part here. Normally, I'm with you, Fresh. They Fresh, do that to it? anybody else, and I'm like, yeah, you, these guys are a little annoying. But they Fresh, do it is to it, the is Celtics. It, is, it a, is it a Daniel Tice jersey you're going to be wearing to the parade? <laughs> 
Uh, I'll be wearing Kobe's uh, workout jersey, the the Celtics workout jersey that Jason Tatum. Wait, are you fall? Are you falling for that shit? Honestly, it's kind of getting on my nerves. I'm trying to ignore it, but. I, you you know, know why it's getting on your nerves, Fresh? It's because they're the Boston Celtics. It's supposed to get on your yeah. nerves. Yeah. No, this is a rough. You know, I've, I've watched Darvin Ham's interview like six times now because that's, that's the only thing I got going right now. This has been a tough couple of weeks, man. Like, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard out here. Can you, Fresh, Fresh, give me your, like, your viewing uh, experience watching these finals games. Are you, like, uh, yeah, are, do you like stand up and and clap when Jason Tatum hits a step back three? You get up and like, come on, yeah, let's go. No, look, game one. I'm not gonna lie, I was turning game one when they uh when they came back and were hitting like it went, you, it went, you were turned for yeah. a forty to sixteen fourth I, quarter from the Celtics. You don't understand, uh, man. Come on, brother. I come on. I know I don't understand. You're right. My dislike for the Warriors right now is way worse than the Celtics. I don't like them. I don't want to see Steph successful. I don't want to see Clay. I don't want to see Draymond successful. I just don't want to see it. So, yeah, I was happy when they were hitting all the threes. When they went unconscious, yeah, I was happy. <sighs> all right. Well, that's going to do it for Fresh today. <laughs> you, you didn't even I might ask have, me a question, man. Ask me it might have to do it for Fresh permanently. I don't know. <laughs> no, you didn't even, I was waiting for a question. You guys, you guys, all you guys. All right. I'll, I'll ask you a question, Fresh. Who are you rooting for in the finals? <laughs> <laughs> there's, your, there's your question. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> all right. But how do you feel about Darvin Ham? How, 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 are you, how are you feeling about this, about where the Lakers currently stand? Um, did, did Ham's quotes make you nervous about the idea that they might be bringing Russ back? No, I agree with what everybody said. Like the only way to look at that is what else could he have said? Russ was in the building. So any type of that awkwardness of if he would have been unsure about Russ would have been much more of a story been way more for, uh, people like us to talk about. So I think, I think they handled it the right way, but honestly, how I looked at Darvin Ham, um, the interview, I think, um, a lot of people think about this year, as we should, like how is he going to get us to the promised land? How are we going to win a ring? How is Russ going to respond? The system with LeBron and AD, as we should. But what I what I more so took away from it was like, I feel like we really have our coach for the future, like even past LeBron, you know, if AD stays, when Russ is gone, when we're drafting new players, when we're recruiting new free agents. I really feel like it was a move in the right direction, not just for this year, but for the next five to 10 years. And And, and I feel like, any successful coach that lasts that long, it, usually that means good things are happening. So I, I honestly hope for the next five to 10 years, we have our coach and um, I, I'm looking forward to everything he brings to the table. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. with you on yeah. all of that. Uh, yeah. are, are you looking at that like through the prism of Celtics fandom? Like, are you excited that like, right. You... I got two questions for fresh. <laughs> also, by the way, breaking news here as yeah. we talk, yeah. uh, Derek Fisher out as LA Sparks head coach. Wild, wild. What a, have I mean, they uh, have they have they not been good this season? I, I got to be honest, I haven't paid that close attention. Um, no, they, they've been kind of underwhelming for one thing. And look, he should have been fired as soon as all the stuff with Candace Parker went down. Like as soon as Candace Parker was no longer a member of the Sparks, and as soon as we found out that Derek Fisher like was part of that decision process, uh, he should have been gone. Like that was done. She should have been. She should have retired on on the Sparks, in my opinion. But anyway, but. Uh, All right, two, ahead, questions, two questions Give. for Fresh. Uh, you're you're uh, you're in LA, yeah. In the area, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So if I uh, if I if I barbecue and have people over for the game on Friday, are you coming? Question one and question two: Will you be wearing Celtics green? 
I don't own any Celtics gear, sir. So no, but honestly, now I work on Friday, so I, I probably could. And the, the actual question is because you're a Celtics fan. Uh, <laughs> what sort of adjustments would you like to see your Celtics make for Game Three? You how do you want to? How do you want to turn this series back around? I want to see Al Horford and Marcus Smart take more than like four shots. That that was that's ter- they played terrible basketball. They got really comfortable game two. I feel like like they kind of like I don't know. I feel like people win game one and think like oh we did our job. But Jamal Crawford said he said it's nothing for Warriors to win this game, go back to Boston and steal one. So I think they got comfortable. I mean Tatum played well, but that's literally it. Like nobody else did anything. So I need Marcus Smart to stop turning the ball over. I need Jalen Brown to not go five or six. Are you listening to yourself say? Yeah, I, I, I hate like, the Warriors. You got you got to understand. I'm not like in here like shaking like oh my gosh. Like, I don't like the Warriors. I made that clear. I don't care. I don't want to see Steph win the ring. I do not. I'm sorry. Unbelievable. I know. I know it's tough. I know it's, it, it, tough. it's not it's just tough. Truth. It's it's it's. Are you listening? He's blasphemy. like, I, I need Jason Tatum to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think we're like five seconds away from a week from fresh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and one more thing, I've told like five people that snake story this week. By the way, I'm sorry. I told I told that, I told that story. I'm at work, like I'm telling my coworkers, like, "Yo, y'all heard that le- story about the lady who had a pet snake?" And they're like, "No, what happened?" Yeah, <laughs> that was a that was look. It was a that was it, that was on last week's episode of the Hook. That's how we opened the conversation with Aaron and myself. One of the craziest stories I've I've heard in recent uh, recent times. Uh, Fresh, I'm gonna let you go. Uh, thank you very much for hopping on with us. Um, we'll bring, uh, I'm just going to open it up. So we'll bring Donnie on, um, Donnie, how, how are you feeling about Darvin Ham? Um, how are you feeling about the, the, the thought that, uh, Ham's quotes are being seen as a confirmation that Russ might be coming back? And if it is, if it is actually that, um, do you think there's a way that, that, you know, there's enough foundational change here that, that Russ can actually be a better version of himself. Hold on. I think we need to start with everybody defining their allegiance. Donnie, who are you rooting for in the final? Well, I know, I know, I know. Donnie's, Donnie's a good dude. I thought, I thought Fresh was going to be on our side, too. What do you mean? It's not even a question. Warriors. I, that's what I'm rooting yeah. for, by the way. By the way. <laughs> it's not even yeah. a question. Okay, now, now, now I get to answer these questions. <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, with the Russ thing, for one, for one, Russ was standing 15 feet away. Uh, I don't think Ham, even if Russ wasn't there, I don't think Ham's going to be basically talking theoreticals of Russ not being there uh, once the season comes around. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I was actually kind of ask you guys, like, Anthony, I know you were talking earlier about um, I mean, a, a lot's been made about how Ham's going to be able to hold LeBron, AD, and then Russ. Well, we'll see about Russ uh, holding them accountable. I feel like that was like a main story of his uh, press conference. Um, you brought up Jason Kidd's like comments in the media challenging Luca earlier this year, and then like Ime Udoka. I swear he's he's yelling at uh, his players like every time out. Um, definitely is holding them accountable behind closed doors. That's great. And I really hope Ham can do that and bring that type of energy to the Lakers. Uh, But I'm kind of just like wondering, like, you know, like Tatum, Brown, Luca, 
uh, Marcus Smart, everyone on the Mavs. I feel like you can combine all those players' uh, egos, and they wouldn't come close to amounting to what like LeBron's ego is or what Russell's ego is. So, do you guys like think there might be like this kind of approach might just like blow up? I mean, I don't think it will, and it I might. really hope it won't. But it's just like a thought I was kind of having. Yeah, I mean, it, it. That's always the risk here with with taking a different approach, like. Look, we saw Frank Vogel have success with LeBron and AD. Like they won a championship. The three of those guys, those three guys worked together and won a championship like comfortably. They beat the crap out of the Miami Heat in that last game. Now like Miami was was hurt and all of that stuff and 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 I, that needs to be pointed out too, but the Lakers at one point in that game, I think we're up 40. Um that was that was a dominant Lakers team and and it was because Frank and and LeBron and AD all at least for that one season saw the game in very similar fashions and bringing in somebody who you know whose leadership approach is different than Frank's is a risk with those two guys as they try to make it work with with you know the the now three guys that they have that are all trying to work together also also together but I I just think uh, if you are going to make a change at head coach like it needs to be a noticeable and a and a clear change in direction after you fire frank right there's no point in firing frank if you're bringing in somebody who sees the game similarly um as frank does and i i think i think that's where i'm kind of excited about going in a different direction with him in that not only is it a change somewhat for change's sake, but it, it seems like a change with various parts of, of other parts of the game in mind, uh, that, that the Lakers were lacking. Like now, look, I rolled my eyes a little bit when Frank, uh, when Rob Palenka said that the Lakers need to be tougher this year than they were last year, that toughness was a place that they were really lacking. It's like, yeah, Rob, it turns out that employing four guys, five, six guys, that are like six four and under, uh, under, um, really kind of affects your toughness on on a basketball court. Wild that that would be the case, um, but but like him is like he he does kind of go about things in a more in your face way. That as we saw with Dallas, with much of the same personnel, a lot of guys just kind of all of a sudden played tougher, and and part of that is because like kid challenges guys in ways that that uh, Frank didn't. And and by the way, the Lakers got kind of softer after kids departure too. And, and, you know, I, I thought that that was something that they really missed. Aaron, you can speak to this more specifically than I can given your proximity to, to the team. But I thought that was something that they really missed was, was kids voice really holding guys accountable in ways that former players can and, and guys who didn't play in the league kind of can't. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, but as it relates to to kids specifically, he um, and and again, it's it. All of this goes back to LeBron, um, but he was one of the guys for a few reasons. One, obviously, because because kid played in the league and you know was an all time great, but also because of the way that he saw the game meshed with LeBron. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think that. I think that there was less accountability after uh, after Kid left, and look again. 
like it some of it it doesn't even have to be kind of like a a uh what a like cloak and dagger like conspiracy theory stuff it sometimes and this is just it, it happens at different rates for different teams and with different voices but sometimes guys just start tuning out the same voice that they've they've heard right like if you do right like let's we can even it doesn't it doesn't even have to be basketball right like, like let's take let's take the podcast network if you and i are talking on a show and we're bringing people up you and i can talk and you know for for an hour or sometimes an hour and a half but on your lowdown shows it's just your voice so mm -hmm. it's got to be shorter right because yeah i can't yeah it's going oh to oh my god imagine <laughs> right. Like people are going to get yeah. sick of it's right. If you do radio, right, it's good to have a co-host or it's good to have a producer chime in every once in a while. People just get it's human nature. People get sick of listening to the same voice, especially if that voice is telling you what to do all the time. Right. So I yeah. it's, it's better if you have right. If kids are acting up, you want to have mom and mom or mom and dad or dad and dad. You need another voice to. To tap in to try to get something if you're listening to the same voice tell you what to do all the time people are just going to get sick of it it happens in different rates but it is why steve kerr and spolstra and greg popovich their runs that they have had with their teams are completely outliers because people yeah. just get sick of listening to the same voice over and over and also and like the other thing that those coaches have in common is that they empower their assistants to also be voices there to break up that monotony. Exa exactly. Right. Really important. Exa exactly. Right. Yes. So I, th I think, I think it did damage the Lakers that Jason Kidd was not there because he really was one of the voices and like it ended up, he brought uh, Dudley with him, but Dudley was one of those voices in the locker room that was able to kind of be a proxy for the coaches, but was still in the locker room. So that is going to carry some extra weight too. Um, and again, like to, to Donnie's point, is it going to work? I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But what I do think is the Lakers have given themselves the best opportunity for it to work. Yeah. Yeah. The, the change that's is all, really That's all you can do, here. right? It's, we, you and I always and talk about process versus results. It might not even work for reasons that are beyond Darvin Ham or coaching or leadership approach or anything like that. If if AD and LeBron miss like half of the season again, then it's not going to work. Yeah, no, no, none, <laughs> none of the shit matters. No, yeah. right. No, none of the shit matters. All you can do, I, the point is, and we made this on the hook on Friday, the point here is that all of this so far at least seems like good process from the Lakers, and that's the best you can do. You control what you can control. All right, I want I want to end on on the AD LeBron point here, just to give people a reason to tune in when you and I talk again on Friday. Is that is that cool, Aaron? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. All right, so my my takeaway um, as the Lakers uh, as we got reports about their assistant coaches and and Donnie and Fresh, you guys, I'm I'm going to leave you guys as speakers here, so you guys can chime in as you guys want. But my my takeaway from the Lakers again, according to uh, now multiple reports. Uh, that they are letting David Fisdale go, they are letting Mike Penberthy go, they are letting uh, John Lucas III go, and they are retaining Phil Handy. And um, Penberthy in particular here was an interesting one to me because he was AD's guy. Like, that was that was somebody who was uh, promoted because of um, the way that AD trusts him. That was uh, somebody that AD worked with in New Orleans and, and made the transition here from New Orleans to L.A., uh, Mike Penberthy got a promotion as shooting coach after the Lakers shot horribly 
with him as shooting coach. Um, and, and I thought, you know, them kind of showing him the door and, and, and again, getting out of the way as Ham fills out his uh, assistant coaching staff, however, however it is that he chooses to do so, indicated to me that, uh, you know, AD's voice in the organization is going to be somewhat minimized until he proves that he is once again that, you know, a good enough player and, and a consistent enough presence to have that kind of voice. Uh, and, and, and again, this wouldn't have happened. Penworthy would still be there. Frank would still be there, frankly, um, if, the, if last season wasn't such a disaster. But as it was, and as the Lakers are making, seems like very clear cultural shifts, um, this one really stuck out to me as, uh, yeah, that might be your guy, but uh, Darwin is going to be given free reign here to be a leader in however ways he sees fit. I don't know, not, not, like, not specifically as a shot to AD like we're running this. I think the Lakers uh, ownership front office has been making those statements for a couple years, frankly, that like we run our own organization. But I think it is less so a specific uh, message to AD and more so a specific message to Darvin Ham and to everybody who says like the Lakers are going to meddle in with Darvin Ham that yeah. this is this is your ship you steer it as you see fit you know you get your lieutenants you do whatever it is you do what's the old uh, Bill Parcells quote he he means it in in terms of of player acquisition right um, if I'm if I'm gonna if you expect me to cook the meal like let me buy the groceries but that is true of Darvin Ham as a head coach also. You do whatever it is you do, and you see fit, whatever. We trust you enough that you bring in whoever you think is the right fit to be your assistants, right? You get to buy the groceries in that sense. And I think that's, it's, I think that's important because it insulates people from anybody saying, oh, well, you didn't let, I wasn't in control of this, so this, this part goes on this. And, we, and we've seen this you know, with, with leaks, with different people saying, the reason why so-and-so is here is because this person wanted them or we, we're done with all that. Darvin Ham is going to succeed, hopefully, or fail on his terms. And I think it is really important, especially when you are trying to shift that culture that you're talking about. I think it is really important for people to be able to be allowed to succeed, hopefully, or fail on their own terms. I don't think it's like a specific message to AD, I think it's more so like, okay, like we are entrusting you, Coach Ham. We are entrusting you with everything. And that matters what that looks like even in the locker room, right? Like, okay, like Coach is really in charge here. He gets to pick everything. So that is going to help his voice carry weight. I, th I think it's more a message to the players in general and to Coach Ham and to, frankly, the media and fans that like, yeah, no, Ham is the real deal and we're going to let him do his thing. Yeah, Real, yeah, you know, Aaron, I completely yeah. agree. Come on, fresh. You know, also, the comment on allowing the players to keep people that they prefer, I think that's kind of how we ended up in this mess in the first place, right? You know, letting the players have too we much is in the Lakers or the Celtics because the Celtics, you know, no. they, 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 I, they, I, I told, I told, no. I told them we was fitting to get a we out of him today. It's all good. It's all, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm mentally strong. I could take it, but no, I think, I think given 
people like LeBron and AD, like the, the leeway to say like, oh, this is my guy, bring him in, when it's not necessarily the best fit for the overall team is how we got here. You know, like I'm, a, I'm a Raiders fan too. So one of the best things I've seen is like, we hired Dave Ziegler or Josh McDaniels. They came in and completely revamped everything, right? And you're seeing the program move in the right direction. Why? Because they came in, they're doing their job. I feel like that's important for the Lakers moving forward to let Darvin Ham do his job, let him hire the people that he trusts, right, to get his results. Because ultimately, if we're looking at Anthony Davis as the person who's bringing on the shooting coach and he's shooting 17%, it's like that's not working for the overall team. It's not working for him. It's not working for anybody. So I feel like uh, letting him have the reins, letting him do what he came here to do is how we'll get the best results for the team. Yeah, I, I just think – I. I've been pretty consistent with this as it pertains to like, I am all for stars getting empowered over the course of the last few seasons in ways that we haven't seen in prior generations. I I just think, you know, superstars are the face of the NBA and uh, they should have been running the NBA for, for, uh, for much longer than they have been able to. That said um, the notion that, you know, you can be a player and pay attention to the details in, in across organizations in ways that people would be tasked with if they had those responsibilities is crazy to me. It's just like we saw this with coaches who were trying to be executives. They all sucked at it too <laughs> because because you're asking one person to do two very difficult jobs. And I think here with, with the Lakers, and we see it, I think, with Brooklyn too, is uh, as both of those franchises realize, okay, maybe we got to back off a little bit um, reset some of the power balance here between organization and player and empower people to do their jobs as we try to allow these stars to be the best versions of themselves. Um, this is all, you know, they're in uncharted waters, these organizations that are that that gave that responsibility to players. And it was always going to be kind of a growing process here and, and a learning process here. And, and I think with the Lakers in particular with Mike Penberthy here, what they kind of realized was like, hey, um, if AD is going to be the best version of himself, yeah, it matters that he trusts Coach X, Y, or Z, but it also really freaking matters that Coach X, Y, or Z is good at their jobs. And we were never really positive that Mike Penberthy in particular was ever very good at his job um, in the way that some of the the, the, the people that Darvin Ham brings in to the Lakers organization might be or, or uh, other assistant coaches that the Lakers maybe passed up on or didn't promote uh, were, 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 you know, showed themselves to be valuable elsewhere. Jared Dudley comes to mind here. Um, So we'll see how this looks. And maybe I look like a moron for pointing out all of this as whoever it is that Darvin Ham brings in maybe isn't as good at their job as, as Mike Penberthy was. We don't know. Again, it's, it's, it's all a process here. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, I, I do. I'm, I'm really good. Yeah. I'm really good at all of that. Um, all right. We've been doing this for, for over the hour that, that I usually try to allot for this, uh, really fun conversation. Thank you, uh, Donnie for hopping on. Thank you fresh for hopping on and allow, uh, allowing us to kind of mess with you guys a little bit. Um, we'll bring more people on here. Uh, today was a little different because I wanted to talk to Aaron specifically about some of the processes that he has more, knowledge of than than most so i I relied a little more heavily on aaron here today but who knows maybe next time we'll get into another uh knockdown drag out as some of you uh 
just admit that you were Celtics fans on 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 the air. It's just wild to me. Um, <laughs> until next week. Wait, what is it? It's uh, what is it? It's Wednesday, Friday, Monday. So it, it it's possible. It's possible Fresh could uh, be very excited or have a broken heart if if uh, the next three games go one way. Yeah, it could it, be, it be next next Tuesday. Could be we could have an NBA champion. I doubt it, but we could. Yeah, Fresh, you seem like a really nice person, and and I appreciate you for hopping on. But I hope you're in a really bad mood next time I talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. Either way, I'll tell the truth. I appreciate that. All right, I'm Anthony Irwin. That was Aaron Larsoul. Thank you all for for hopping on. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>